All right. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Stories of Selling Human podcast. I'm your host, Alex Smith, and I started this podcast because I believe everyone in the world will someday be faced with a situation, it could be business, it could be personal, that requires you to create change. I think we all want to be heard, seen, and understood, and the people who get our attention and convince persuade or influence us. They're not just salespeople. There are great humans throughout all walks of life that we're drawn to. And I'm going to share their stories here so that we can tap in to what makes us human, practice our human skills, and ultimately we'll all become better at selling by being human. All right, I took a week off. I, I had a little uh, vacation or holiday, as they say in the UK. Um, and so we're back uh, this week with such an awesome guest. I'm so excited for um, all of you to meet her. She's another woman from across the pond in the UK. The, uh, the, the, the sales ladies of the UK are just uh, such a, a bright spot in our days. Um, this woman is a powerhouse. She's done a lot of things. Um, she is uh, the chief inspiration officer um, at her company. Um, she runs a, uh, you know, sales training coaching business. Um, you know, she, on uh, her LinkedIn page, she, I, I love this. She uh, explains herself as she says, sales done uniquely with your unique human proposition. She's a TEDx speaker. She's a published author. She's been on the, the show Dragon Slayer, which is the UK version for all of you in the US of um, Shark Tank. Um, she's also a podcast host and creator of the Live It, uh, Love It, uh, Sell It experience. Um, you know, and um, I'm just so excited to have this woman on. Please give a round of applause for Jules White. <laughs> Welcome, Jules, to the podcast. Oh, hello. I absolutely love that. That's the best introduction I've ever had. I feel like I'm about to go into a wrestling ring, Alex. <laughs> 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 well, um, you're the first person that said that. You're, a couple people say it's the best intro they've ever had, and I'm going to keep uh, uh, doing that. Um, but um, we're not going to wrestle. We're going to we're going to have an awesome <laughs> conversation. I think. Um, first off, I know you. You know, on your podcast, you you, you invite people, and, and you, you know how we first met is you. Um, you know, I, I sent this post out. Well, you know, it was I saw you on a webinar. Um, you know, a UK versus the US, uh, just kind of sales battle. And then I posted something about my dad, a real personal story about my dad. And you sent me a video, really connected with me, and and kind of got vulnerable and told me a story about your dad. And and we can kind of you know talk about our dads. And I think we had that connection because I I was vulnerable and told a really vulnerable story about my dad and losing my dad to leukemia and uh, you know ironic you know, unfortunately, that's, you know, a similar kind of experience, but we connect that you had and I connected with you on that. But I, I, I just wanted to say, um, I'm saluting you, because for you, all of you can see I have my cup of uh, my cup of tea. So I'm uh, in, in the UK. Um, you know, it's not cup of tea, it's cup of tea. And uh, so I, I'm going to call you my cuppa from another you, you call you know, people from, uh, you know. <laughs> um, but you know, my first question for you, Jules, is really about you and um i know you um you're a big simon sinek fan and i think um, um you know one of my favorite quotes from him is people don't buy what you do they buy why you do it and your linkedin section um you know really is an awesome just kind of explanation about that in the beginning um it said 
there is um, no an, another you on the planet. There's no other you on the planet and your life skills are your sales skills. Can you explain what you mean by that and who taught you that? Yeah, yeah, I can. Um, I think one of the big things being in sales for 32 years, Alex, I know it's like sounds such a long time. I sound you, so You started old. sales when you were five <laughs> years old? I love it. Yes, I was very young. Um, I think the thing is, when you've been in sales for that many years, you've seen every kind of sales training that you could see. You've probably done lots of different sales jobs, as I have, lots of different sectors and industries. And when I started this business around the coaching, mentoring and training, it was about four years ago. And I thought, I need to be different. I need to show the world that sales is different to how we all think it is because lots of people fear it and they feel like it's yucky and pushy. And so I started to explore that and I thought, what has made me successful all of my career? Well, it was actually going out and doing sales, not how I was trained to do it, but as me having conversations, my personality, my curiosity, you know, and all those lovely things that we have as life skills. So you imagine children, you know, they have no fear around this stuff. They'll ask any question they want to ask. Why is the big one? They'll ask why a million times till they get the answer. But they have no fear and they're curious and they want to know more. They're always learning. And so that skill is developed when we're really young. And yet when we grow older and when we learn how to sell, we seem to sort of lose some of these really lovely life skills. So that's why I talk about life skills being sales skills and all of the uniqueness that you have is one of your greatest assets. So it's just a really big thing for me, you know, passionate I, about the message. I, 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 I totally agree. And, you know, I love, um, you know, the, your, your podcast is, you know, human conversations. Um, you know, we, we connect a, a lot on that because um, every human being will uh, you know, just by definition, we're all, um, you know, we all share this, uh, you know, same just physical makeup. We have, you know, we all have a heart, we all have a brain, um, but we're all, they're all, <laughs> they're all made up uh, of different uh, experiences and, and they're all, um, you know, we experience the world different. So we're all so different. And so I, I love the word human. Um, you know, what, what does that, word mean to you um and you know specifically just kind of you know in your life why why do you think the word human is so important in sales yeah because i think that human defines the fact that we're being real and we're just being us you know and, and it's not about what someone's told us to say or how we should behave or how we should dress and how we should show up it's actually about how we want to be in this world as, as that reality, you know, what feels good to us, what feels right to us, our values. So all of those things, if you mash all of that up, for me, that's human. And so when I'm speaking to someone and I have a great conversation, I can tell whether it's a human conversation or whether it's a contrived and, and I don't know, scripted type of conversation. And you can just tell, you know? So I guess that's what it means. And I think it comes back to dad. I have to just bring dad into this. I know we're going to talk about him. But when I was a little girl, I grew up in a sweet shop. So he ran the local news agents. 
in our local shopping parade, as we call it in the UK. And everybody used to go locally as a community and go and shop. Greengrocers, butchers, bakers, newsagents. And none of these big stores like we have now. And dad served his customers and knew them all, and knew their names, and knew what they bought, and had it ready on the counter. And I watched that as a little girl, and that's where I think I fell in love with sales. That's what I thought, that sales, that's what it is, that connection and that human stuff. So, yeah, it's that, all of that. I know there was a lot there, wasn't there, Alex? Yeah, absolutely. I just feel really passionate about that. You know? Yeah. But yeah, let's you know talk about it. I mean, I think you know it's our, um, I, I, I'm a true believer in um, you know sales is about connections and um, you know some people may say well you know it's um, you know people uh, don't buy because they have a relationship with you they buy from you know purely value and that and that's it but um, you know and, and I and I agree people buy from value um, but you can't ignore the relationship that's there there's two people interacting there there has to be some type of of connection and I think stories connect us and um, I I, I uh, presented a story about me and then, you know, you were, you know, presented a story about you and then it just kind of, you know, reciprocates and, you know, it's like a avalanche kind of, it just, and now all of a sudden, you know, we're, 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 we're we, you know, it's like we're fast friends. We've known each other for decades and I've only known you a few months. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, the, what connected me to you was, um, was, was our dads and, you know, how, how much they influenced our lives and, you know, maybe tell, tell us the story of, of just, um, you know, kind of, um, um, yeah, like, you know, kind of what, what's, what, what did your dad mean to you? And, um, you know, kind of, you know, explain kind of that story of how we first connected and, and kind of, um, you know, in your words, I'd love to hear it from your, from you. Yeah, well, dad, I mean, dad meant the world to me, but I guess there's, there's also this kind of daughter, daughter father relationship is actually quite special as well. Um, but I think he was just this kind of, um, I had him on a pedestal, most definitely, you know, he was, he was fabulous. He was handsome. He was wonderful. He, you know, he couldn't do any wrong for me. That's how I felt as a child. Um, I'm sure my mum would have disagreed if we'd asked her, but um, so he was a hero probably type figure, I suspect. And I just felt like everything I watched him do was how I wanted to be. And I, I, I just, it felt good and it felt right. He was very charismatic. He connected with people in a really lovely and easy way. And so I think I'm probably like him as well, you know, in that, in that sense. So everything felt right about him. And by the way, I must just say, everything was wonderful about my mum too is just I don't talk about her so much so I was really fortunate I had fabulous mum and dad but dad kind of taught me a lot I think in the sense of how to connect with people that I think that's the people bit is where I learned stuff from him now my, I lost my mum in 2015 she had a, a rare bile duct cancer and, and she was 79 you know she'd had a fabulous life but it doesn't matter it was a real shock we lost her in three months dad suddenly fell apart you know quite understandably it was devastating he cried I hadn't often seen him cry he became uh, the child in our relationship and I became the parent and that was really interesting the dynamics of that um, 
and I think I fell in love with him even more in that sense of wanting to protect him and, and make sure he was okay. I would shout at him. I would tell him off. I wanted him to do stuff. You know, there was all of that parental stuff came into play. And we decided, actually, I'd been on my own for a long time, Alex. We decided to buy a house together because he was stuck in the bungalow on his own where he'd lived with mum. And we said, well, we'll live together. We see each other practically every day. So we were going to buy a house. We sold his bungalow. It was fabulous. Cash buy, I know, chain. It was really great. And literally within days of selling the bungalow, we had a diagnosis of terminal leukemia. And he literally was given six weeks to live. And it was such a shock, you know, and, and it, was, it was so quick. But then he went into a hospice and, and for, for the last four weeks, he was only supposed to be seven days, they thought, before it was his time. And four weeks later, Alex, that's testament to who my dad was. He was still there. But... But within four weeks, I'd lost him. But we spent so much amazing time together talking and him telling me he wasn't frightened of dying. And, you know, this is quite deep stuff, but incredibly therapeutic in the journey of grief to know that he wasn't scared, to, to know that he wanted me to do this, this, this. I had my instructions, what I was going to do next. And so losing dad um, was devastating, but also... I had a mission on from losing the, my dad. My mum never talked about dying and wouldn't. And I was very, very long grieving for losing my mum because of that, that part of it. So it was very different experiences. But when we met, obviously you'd posted, I think about losing your dad. I'm sure there was something wasn't there that you'd said in a post. Um, and immediately it was like, well, I need, I need to reach out to this guy. I need to tell him, you know, that, that actually we'll never be the same, but we'll be okay. You know, and that, that was kind of my, my first instinct, which is why we connected. Yeah. No, thank you for telling that story, Jules. Um, very similar experience. You know, my, my father, um, you know, we, um, same sort of thing, diagnosed uh, in November and, or no, uh, October. Um, and he was rushed to the emergency room and um, just, two or three months later in January and, you know, only given a few days, um, was supposed to go to hospice, but he made it three months till January, till March. I mean, literally like he wasn't supposed to leave the hospital and, um, he walked out of the hospital on a, you know, walker and it was just like, and, 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 you know, it wasn't, it, yes, he got medication, but you know, it was friends coming to see him. He never lost his mind. People were talking to him. He he was a you know he is a history professor, so he loved to talk about history and and just politics. And people were just you know really feeding his mind um, every day. You know, touching him. This is before COVID, right before COVID hit. Touching him, saying I love you, saying the same things like I'm at peace with my life. I'm not afraid. I love you. I'm, you're, 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 I'm so proud of you. You're going to do amazing things. And so yeah. I think, you know, when we are, you know, so many people kind of hold stuff in, we want to bottle up, you know, kind of the worst things in our lives or like the scariest things. But, you know, when, what else do we have left? I think like at that, like, it's, it's interesting to see the mindset of someone like th that's staring that down because there's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of fear um, at that time, but he, didn't exhibit that, even though I know it was there, he 
you know, wanted to, um, you know, kind of uh, like, you know, make us, like you said, feel like we were okay. It this was a yeah. part of life and that we would have to live with this and you're going to have to care for your mother and sister and you're going to, you know, this is just a part of life. And, you know, I think, you know, it's something we live with. Um, um, but, you know, I think I just wanted to mention that um, I appreciated you for, for being that vulnerable because I, again, you know, people don't think that that's selling, but you really sold me on you and your dad maybe also sold you on what you could be in those, those, those final days, because you even said, he said, I, I, you know, I, you're going to buy that house. You're going to do this. You're going to do this business. This is before, this is when all the worst in your life and you're going to do this, yeah. you're going to do it because, you know, because can's not a word. And I don't believe in that. And that gave yeah. you that connection that, you know, call it inspiration, whatever it is yeah. uh, to, to tell you, you could do it. So, um, it's so true. And that, and that, that? was the saying, yeah, that was the saying that, um, he told me since I was a little girl, he'd say, there's no such word as can't, there's no such word as can't. And of course, when you're, when you're young or when you're a teenager, sure, you're dad, going, oh, whatever. <laughs> go away with that saying. And of course now it's like, it's this legacy he's left me, you know, that I now tell other people and I use it in my business and I use it every day, but yes, life skills and sales skills. There's a great example, you know, how how we buy each other because we do we buy our relationships yeah, with we do. people yeah. um, and we have to sell ourselves you know to that to that degree but when you do it in the most natural and authentic way that's the best in life and in business you know that's when you truly connect isn't it because you know who totally. you're connecting with totally. it's lovely it's really yeah. lovely yeah but i have to just say that the experience of losing mum and dad was so different it's really quite incredible and yeah my mum was protecting me by not talking about it. That was what she thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'm, yeah, not, I'm yeah. not gonna talk about it because it will right. upset her, yeah, so I'm right. protecting her. Right. Whereas my dad was like, right, come on, it's out in the open. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is what I want at the funeral and, and you're yeah. gonna be okay. It's so, <laughs> so different, Alex, so different. Yeah. No, I'm a big believer. It's tough. I mean, people, um, it's, uh, you know, people think that they have our best interests at heart by trying to kind of shield them from certain things, but, you know, kind of when we have our stories out in the open, um, it, 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 you know, then we don't have to wonder anymore, um, you know, what people were thinking and same thing with like, um, our interactions. Um, you know, there's things that are private for sure. We don't have to tell everyone everything about ourselves. Um, but, um, you know, uh, I think there's a, a perception about, especially in business, about what we can and shouldn't, you know, how, how much we should really be opening up. Um, same thing with buyers. Um, you know, how much should, should I tell this salesperson? Because are they going to use it against me in some way? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, maybe what do you think um, needs to change in terms of the perception um, of salespeople? Why, 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 why are... Um, you know, salespeople viewed uh, a certain way and, and what really should be the future of how salespeople are perceived? Yeah, and I think a lot of it's down to potentially how we've been trained for many years, how to sell. And we've been told to say certain things and to, to wrap this up in a certain amount of time. And, you know, this is what the buyer needs to do. And you know, that kind of directive of the salesperson being king and that was how I was brought up. And that was this 80s sales methodology. But of course, everything's different now. The buyer's in charge. There's no question, Alex. 
it's the buyer's journey. And I think if we suddenly start to realize that it's the buyer's journey for us to walk alongside them, nurture them, be there to support them, then we're going to find sales is so much easier and so much nicer to do. And, and back to the point you talked about, you know, how much we give away and how much we say, et cetera, et cetera. I think we're now in a really, really clear society that says transparency is definitely the way to be. And so I think that's the word. Be transparent. It doesn't mean you have to tell everybody every single thing about you, but be honest and be transparent. And then people will know you are. And, that, and then actually the relationship can build. So that's one of the things I think is important. In yeah. You know, I always think back in like situations where like you find out later you were screwed over. Well, if you just told me in the beginning you were going to screw me over, I actually would have a lot more respect <laughs> for you. Like, I think like I'm just you have a, you have a story of your business. I mean, you, you felt like grief. You you built this business up and then you know, in the end, without getting into too many details, it was taken away from you because, you know, of just a, a really aggressive and unfair offer to you. And, um, and then all of a sudden, it's just taken away from you. But you didn't expect it to go that way because you thought, you know, hey, we're, this is a partnership. This, is, this will all turn out when we end. But, um, mm. but that wasn't told to you up front. <laughs> that was, no. that's always, you know, no. that's, that's what you find out in the end. So the feeling of at of least course. knowing, yeah, knowing exactly. it in the beginning. And I think in, you know, if we liken it to sales, if, if we kind of put it into the sales situation, the, the salesperson who has been transparent is going to be the salesperson that's then trusted, who is then going to be referred, who is then going to have a lifetime customer. You know, that's human. That's human nature. So even if you do screw someone over and you haven't been transparent, it won't bode well for your future. So you choose. You choose yeah. how you go out. To the I world, like it. You know? You know, I always like to, you know, um, talk about stories of how this plays out. Let's transition into stories of how you think, um, you know, sales has, has, has played out in your, you know, just personal life. Um, you've t told me a few stories of how, um, you know, you're dealing with customer service people or retail people or things like that. And, you know, how um, maybe, um, you know, the person has sold you or maybe you sold, you know, them on, on, uh, connected with them where you've built that trust and where there may have been a perception um, wh where it was hard to do. You know, can you think of a time where you did that uh, maybe in a personal life and maybe in, um, you know, in a professional sense, you know, having to build that human connection with somebody when, you know, maybe it was, um, you know, the perception might not have been there at the, the beginning. Yeah, gosh, I, I think, I think I do it often in personal life and I think yeah. we all do because yeah. we don't we don't always choose our ideal friend or our, you know how we choose a, an ideal client in business we can kind of create an avatar and decide that's the sort of person I'd like to sell to which doesn't happen quite like that in personal life it's, does it it's you know? natural so yeah. I think it's a bit different with personal I'm not sure I've got a story I can really sort of think of immediately yeah. where I've done that but I think there's a an interesting one from when I was working at a venue, uh, which was the job I had after I'd lost my business. And I was trying to get hold of Coca-Cola. Okay, so there's a brand everybody knows, right? And I'm thinking this guy's on the list of, of customers that nobody's ever been able to get into this venue. So I'm going to get him in here. I'm going to get Coca-Cola in here for their conference, you know. And it was this, in my mind. And this guy, would he ever answer his phone, Alex? 
not in your life ever never and i tried and i was gentle and i you know this is over a six month period right so here's patience wow. for you in sales and i just gently kept in touch and it was really gentle it wasn't pestering and i'd leave him voicemails and then i'd make my voicemails a bit more fun and i'd say i'm i'm wondering whether you even exist you know like this voicemail. It, was, it got really quite wacky anyway i phoned this one day six months it must have been and he picked the phone up and it really threw me and i went oh i said oh my goodness i said it's jules from from why boston lakes and he, he was like hello jules like this and i said Oh my goodness, I said, I can't believe you, you're real and you picked the phone up. And so, of course, we were straight away, we were having this really fun conversation. Coca-Cola had gone out the window. I thought, well, he's never going to come here. He came for lunch and we had their conference for the next three years. That's awesome. Yeah. And, it's and, just... that, and, he's, and he said to me, he said, Jules, he said, honestly, the reason I came, apart from the fact it was obviously a great venue in the end, but the reason I came to see it was you, because you just, used to keep on really gently and you made me smile and I just thought I need to go and meet this woman and so there's a really good example I think you know of that gentle perseverance <laughs> I have a similar kind of story where it was you know years you know two maybe two years you know just kind of like you know every once in a while a message and the person was fine they were all set they had you know uh, something in place and all it took was just a bad experience with that other provider um and you know really bad experience to be like okay let's have lunch you know like i you feel i feel comfortable talking to you i don't feel like you know like i'm gonna have a bad experience and that lunch led to more and you know this was a you know my biggest client and you know long time relationship and we still talk to this day and um i remember getting a call like i'm moving um the last day like these are people you just forget about because you just you know they're never gonna you know buy <laughs> they're just a big yeah. you know whale um, and then all of a sudden, like, as I'm packing my bags, I get a call, uh, my phone rings, and it's this woman, you know, asking, you know, would I be open? Uh, and I get the call, and it was, you know, I about fall off my chair, because yeah. it was um, so, you know, but it was just kind of, yeah, like you said, planting that seed of being genuine, and, um, you know, being uh, easy to talk to, um, and that and, can and at least get the door open. And that's the big Simon Sinek piece, isn't it? People by people, you know, because they do. And the fact that, you know, you, you haven't been that pushy person who's actually just irritated them. You've just gently kind of been there in the background, you know. Yeah. You're here. Uh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Not, you know where to find me. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, you know, you, you, you know, when I was asking your personal life, you, you, you told a story about how, you know, a customer service person was just so robotic to you. Um, uh, and, um, you know, you were, you, you were trying to have some issues with your bank account and the person is just so just kind of by the book and like, you know, like, this is what you have to do. You're going to do this. This is what you uh, have to do. And, you know, not addressing your feelings or your emotion, like what you're going through. So maybe like, like where I, I just feel like in society, sometimes like, you, you know, you, you meet people and, you know, yes, we all get, we have all, all of our, sometimes like we all get angry. We all have joy. We all have sorrow and we're all going through something. Um, so, you know, how important is, is that is focusing on those things? And maybe, you know, it's not considered, we don't think of them as sales, but if we're, 
if people want to spend more time with us and we're showing them that, you know, we're worth spending more time with um, because we're meeting them where they are, how important that is that in your personal life? And, and maybe what are some things that you find yourself doing um, in your personal life that have, that have worked well yeah. for you? I think it's hugely important. It's, it's massive. Um, Maya Angelou said, people don't remember what you do and they don't remember what you said, but they remember how you made them feel. Do you remember sure. that saying? I, I love the and, quote, um, uh, of and course. It's, yeah, it, it's such a great quote. And I think that's, that's it really. I think I'm very conscious, or I try to be very conscious of how I make people feel. It's kind of that first point of call for me. So, and I think I've learned that from my dad. I think that's where those early seeds were planted, watching him in the shop, because it was always about how his customers were feeling before what they were buying. You know, it was that. Yeah. And I think I do that in my private life as much as I do that in my business life. You know, I'm, I'm really interested in how someone's feeling, where they're at. I talk about stepping into the world of the buyer. And I think I do that in my personal life as well. You know, I just think that's a natural thing that comes first for me. It's almost a subconscious thing, Alex. So yeah. when you ask me for, you know, what is it you do? I almost think, I don't know. I don't know what I do because actually it's a subconscious thing that just comes naturally for me. It's that empathetic thing, I think. And, um, you know, we talk about people being empathetic and empaths. And I think that's something to really think about as an individual you know how empathetic are you how much do you understand the mm. other person mm. when you're dealing with things my biggest person in my life is my son who's who's 15 <laughs> Ooh, you know, teenager I, I, yeah very easy well, people I, to understand teenagers right well i honestly I, I must have been blessed i'll give you an example when pandemic hit um in march i mean it hit us i don't know probably slightly late march didn't it in the uk and I sat on the floor here in my kitchen, Alex, and I cried. I'd lost £25,000 immediately out of my business, just gone, because it was speaking events and workshops, all the face-to-face -face stuff, gone. Mm. And I sat and I cried. And uh, Sam was there, and he, he said, Mom, Mom, come on, come on, like this. And I was like, no. I said, I lost my last business after three years. It's just about three years. I'm just about to lose this business. And he looked at me, and he went, he said, are you serious? He said, you're not going to lose this business. You're made of something different to that mum like this. And it was so funny, Alex, because we kind of reversed roles, you know? All of a you're, sudden, you became my parent. Your you dad. <laughs> my dad. And I your just dad's thought, in it was such a moment for me. And, and I guess that's him doing the empathetic stuff in his personal life I know it was his mum but that intelligence to just switch that on at the right point that was really something um so yeah that was that was the story I wanted to share at least <laughs> you're gonna make me tear up Jules I don't know if I've ever done it on a <laughs> podcast before but um you know uh I, I'm fascinated by people that can that are just such a um, high emotional intelligence I try to do it um, but it's it's not easy. It's really difficult um, because I feel like you, you know, um, you, 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 it's more than just being you know curious and trying to just listen. It's really, it's you know, really trying to 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 actually try to feel 
like even a fraction of what they're feeling, you know? I, I've had those situations where you're just like, I don't know what to say. Um, so many people would say, say, mom, I don't know what to say. You could say, oh, it's gonna be all right, mom. But that's different yeah. than saying, you're made of different stuff. <laughs> You know, isn't it? You know, like, you know, you don't want to hear like, it'll be okay. Like, shut up. No, it won't. Like, I, I know that it won't because I've lost my business three years ago. You can't tell. Yeah. But when you say you're made of different stuff. Yeah, that wow. changes all the dynamics. Wow. Yeah, it's yeah. really powerful. I think the other thing, though, Alex, is when you are with people and this, this kind of empathetic stuff, which you're right in saying, it doesn't just come naturally to everybody. It doesn't. We're totally. all different. Yeah. which is actually great that we're all different. Yeah. But sometimes it's about not trying to imagine how they feel if you've never experienced something similar because that's, that's impossible to do. Yeah. Sometimes it's about saying, I don't know how you feel, but I really want to understand. Yeah. Now that's, that's just as powerful, you know? For sure. So I think it's just trying to get into their world and just be aware of not necessarily having to understand how they feel, but wanting yeah. to appreciate how they feel, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, I know, like, I, you know, if my wife's, at, you know, stressed out or something like that, if I'm like, you know, come on, like, you know, it's, 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 it's not as bad. It's not that bad. Right. What about all this, 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 and this, and that's, that's the worst thing, you know, versus, <laughs> Hey, it sucks. I know it sucks. I'm sorry. It sucks. I'm here to listen and you know like I'm here to vent you know um yeah. you know you can vent no judgment and so I think that that's connecting people um you know and, and in a way that I need think needs to happen more in business so um you know how do you like just kind of giving some people as we kind of end off like some things that you really believe are true in sales what are, what do you you know um teach what are your biggest messages or or you know um strategies of people you know maybe we could take somebody that is not in sales they've never sold in because this is for people that i believe like you we all have the ability to um you know to connect with people and to really help people buy into us and it doesn't matter who you are and that's why i interview trained salespeople and, and non-trained uh, salespeople so maybe you know take both the person that has never sold anything in their life how can you what things can they be looking for in their personal relationships and the person that um, is the 20 year pro at sales, what things could that person, you know, learn from what, what you yeah. have um, to teach? I mean, I think, I think when I created live it, love it, sell it, Alex, I think this is why I did it like this because it, that's the sales road trip as I call it, but it's also the life road trip. So the live it's actually about, well, are you fit to travel this journey? So live it starts with you. And I think one of the big things we don't do enough is understand who we are because we expect to connect with all these people and we expect to sell. Um, or even if we haven't sold, as you say, you know, we expect to be able to get tips of how to do it. First place to start is you. So what are your strengths? What are your values? How are you showing up in the world? What's your unique human proposition? Yeah. When you understand that, then you can suddenly realize how you then go out into the world and then who your ideal client is, what they look like, because you're not going to sell to everyone. You don't want to sell to everybody and then connect then on that level where you understand your values and their values. And you can start connecting on that basis because the hardest thing to do is to sell to somebody who just doesn't get 
what you're doing and where you're coming from because there's there's a disconnect you know so that's the journey and then the love it is all about ideal client and just that value piece thinking about actually what pain are you addressing and what's the solution you bring i call it hell to heaven and then the final bit is getting out and being visible authentically and showing up so people know you're there you know so there's, there's a definite journey for me whether you're uh, never been in sales or whether you are a seasoned salesperson, I want everyone to understand that live it, love it, sell it journey. Because that for me is the whole human connection stuff. Yeah, I think it's so important. A lot of us, and I think it's a journey. I mean, even yourself, I'm sure you're, you know, um, you know who you are, but who you are, um, you know, you only builds upon itself, right? Like you have to look back at who you are all the time, every year, you know, who am I, who am I becoming? Um, you know, what's important to me now? Like, like, I know, I love how you say, like, don't look at the past because the only reason why to look at the past is to see how far you've come. It's same, I yes. you know, sometimes look at the past and go, okay, like, what did I do right? And like, you know, oh man, like maybe I was like so much farther along, you know, then, and why am I not where I need to be now? And no, it's, it's okay. Like, you know, what have you learned? Yeah, there's a lot of things that maybe, you know, you've lost or you've gained, you know, gained, but that's not important. It's just, you are where you are now and, and, and um, to keep looking at yourself uh, is so important. I want um, to just, uh, can I just quickly yeah, add absolutely. to that? So there's this really amazing guest I had on my podcast the other day called Kevin Gaskill. He's, he's from the UK. He used to be the CEO of Porsche and BMW, turned wow. those businesses round, amazing guy, rode the Atlantic and got a world record, you know, North Pole, South Pole, mountains, I mean, you name it, right, this guy, incredible, he talks about daring to dream, that's his kind of thing, and he's talked in his book about belief, and just on that note, you said about not really living in that past and looking back too much and sitting in it, he talks about belief being about the future, and I love this, Alex, because if you think about it, you know, if you're looking at belief, believing that you can do stuff, it doesn't go backwards. You don't look at what you've done in order to believe. And you don't even look at the now. You look at what's ahead in order to be able to believe. And I just think that was so profound when I read it. I thought it was really powerful. It's the definition of it. You know, it, belief isn't, isn't something you know, it's, it's something you just believe you know, so strongly, you, you, you might not have all the evidence to know that it's going to happen, but you, yeah. you just, you just have trust that it will because you, you know, you like, you have, you're passionate, you, you know, you, um, you, you love it so strongly that, you know, you, you, you just only have that belief to hold on to um, of, of what that future is going to be. And then you, you try to work towards it. So yeah. I love it um, so much, Jules. Uh, I like to always close out these with a fun question because we all, I love, you know, your unique human proposition, um, you know, not unique value proposition, which is kind of a take off of that. But um, so we're all unique humans. And so this is a question about the unique human that you are. So it is um, just a fun question. And it is, um, um, what is, you know, something or an event, you know, it could be someone, something, someone or an event that could only and would only happen to Jules White. 
you know, something that's just so unique to you that someone would say, you know what, that is so totally Jules. That would only happen to Jules White. <laughs> See, there's a twist on this because I asked a question the other day on LinkedIn and I said, um, as far as you know, um, tell us something that you've done that you don't think many I like other people have done. I like it. I want to kind yeah. of go to that because that's going to make do it. Me Let's do it. Let's do it. I haven't, I, I need yeah. to, you know, go like your post, but yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I played saxophone at Ronnie Scott's Jazz Club in Birmingham. And that's kind of like a pretty unique thing because Ronnie Scott's is a really well-known jazz club. Um, okay. Unfortunately, okay. it's probably not open right now because of the okay. pandemic. But okay. it's a really well-known uh, sort of establishment in the UK. Okay. And I played saxophone there. And um, it's kind of just one of those things. And you just think, that's so cool because I'm passionate about music. I play awesome. clarinet and saxophone, and now now my yeah. son is producing his own music. So, no so that's even a. So I guess I wanted to link it to music because that's very it. sort of unique to me. I love um, it. And I'm passionate about music as well. So yeah, I did that. How about that one? Is that? I, I love it. Can we find the video anywhere? Or is it you know no. just a one time? No, <laughs> it's just you it know we have to believe you. I love it. I love you know. <laughs> Well, I definitely want to check that out the next time in the UK. I love London um, and, um, you know, jazz as well. So um, Jules White, uh, you're a beautiful person. And I just can't thank you enough for reaching out to me. And, um, you know, so excited uh, to see where our human connection takes us for, for years to come. So thank you so much. Oh, it's lovely to meet you again. And thank you for having me on your show. All right. Thanks a lot, Jules. Hey, gang. All right. Wow. You made it to the end. I know your time is valuable, so thank you from the bottom of my heart for spending your time here with me. If you heard a quote you liked, got a quick bit of value, or you have an idea that can help convince others to join, I urge you to take a minute and leave a five-star rating and review. That helps us gain influence and bring some really great guests on to add even more value to you and others. You can also always contact me directly to tell me your thoughts. I'd love to hear from you. All my info is in the notes. Let's help convince anyone that they have the ability to sell well just by being great humans. And this podcast is proof. All right, see you on the next episode of Stories of Selling Human.